Brian Noonan back on 720 WGN, uh, one of our rare Sunday nights. Uh, we are glad to have you here. We've got a lot to talk about. A couple Bowtie Theater reviews. Uh, we'll uh, talk about some Thanksgiving prep. And uh, Cody and I were at a big beer event last weekend. We'll uh, we'll share that with you, too, in anticipation for a Black Friday event that is uh, coming up. So uh, we're glad you're here. Always more fun when you're involved. 312-981-7200. That's the phone. That's the text. That's how you get a hold of us here. If you want to stay up to date on everything that's happening with the uh, the big show, of course, it's Brian Noonan Show on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, Roger's here in the newsroom, keeping uh, up to date on everything that's going on there. Cody is back. So the uh, the band is back together for a whopping 50, uh, 49 minutes. So let's not waste any more time. Let Cody, um, we're going to address the elephant in the room because a lot of people have been sending me messages all week, texting me, uh, sending me internet messages, carrier pigeons, just knocking on my door. I don't know how they found my house, but they're showing up on the lawn and they're asking me about all the changes that are happening here at WGN. And I don't know any more than what most of you know. And people say, well, what does this mean for you? And again, I will say, I don't know what it means for me. I am operating as if everything is going to continue the same way. Changes come. We don't know when or if they come. Uh, If they do, we'll let you know. If they don't, we'll let you know. Uh, But right now, I don't know anything more than you do, you know, except we're here tonight and we're going to have a good time. So, uh, So that's really all. Is that good, Cody? You think we addressed it all? Is that okay? Acutely done. Yeah, it's just uh, change happens in every business, and uh, sometimes you don't know. Like your go, your your company that you work for during the day is going through kind of the same thing. My, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, the job I do for my day job is in the middle of an in the middle of an acquisition. It's and I did some freelance work for another company about a month ago that just got acquired. So everyone's getting acquired. Everybody's getting acquired. This listen, it's the season to buy other businesses. That's what it is. It's the giving season when you you give to your shareholders more companies. Exactly. Hey, Bloomberg's trying to buy the uh, presidency. You know, so everyone's buying everything. Everybody's got a lot of. That's the thing, man. (laughs) You got a lot of money. You can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Run for president. You can buy a million dollars in TV ads or whatever it is. And then, even though you're not running, I'm going to buy a lot of TV ads. I may not be running at all. Who knows? Really? Yes. Could you never know what's going to happen? That's the joy of uh, that's the joy of well being alive. That's part of the deal. Now we have a couple bow tie theater reviews because I'm very excited. We have some limited engagement shows, and you know that uh, I like to go to these shows and tell you my. Just regular man-on-the-street theater reviews. Now, a regular man-on-the-street who, of course, wears a bow tie to the show because that has become uh, that has become the look that I'm chastised if I don't wear now. Except I did not wear it on uh, Wednesday when I went to the Broadway Playhouse to see the Simon and Garfunkel story. Now, I know you did not get to go. You were very upset by that. My wife was really upset. Well, uh, I can see why, because it was a, it was a fun show. It's a, if you don't know what the Simon and Garfunkel show is, it's basically an immersive concert. And you have two actors portraying Simon and Garfunkel, but they're not passing themselves off as Simon and Garfunkel because, you know, they look, they bear a physical resemblance to them. Uh, Taylor Bloom is Paul Simon and Ben Cooley is Art Garfunkel at the production we were at. And they do a wonderful job as singers, harmonizing. It's all wonderful. And they... It's hard to explain because they're supposed to be Paul Simon and Art Garfunkel, but they're not saying we, blah, blah, blah. As they're, as they're telling the story, they're talking about Paul and Art, and they're calling them. It's never us or we. It's always about, it's always about the real people. 
lot of state uh, great projection stuff, historic footage, uh, timeline stuff, and then it's it's basically a concert. They're backed up by a four piece band, and um, they've they're playing all the all the hits. If you love Simon and Garfunkel, you're going to love this music. They're playing uh, Mrs. Robinson, of course, Sound of Silence, Bridge Over Troubled Water, Cecilia, Homeward Bound. They end with my uh, after after it's all over. Like Bridge Over Troubled Water kind of ends the show. Then they do one more, and they do actually my favorite Simon and Garfunkel show, or song rather, which is uh, The Boxer. So they end with The Boxer, and it's terrific. My only beef with the show is I was I was hoping there would be more like stories of what was really going on between Simon and Garfunkel. You know, they 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 tell the story. And there's beautiful footage, and it's interspersed with music, and it's, as I said, heavy on the hits, but light on the dish. I guess that's kind of what I wanted, you know? And I compared it afterwards, my wife and I were talking, when we saw Beautiful, the Carole King musical, which is which is a much bigger production. This is a small, intimate production. Uh, but you, you saw, you got a lot of Carole King information, you know? You got a lot of the, the good, the bad, the ugly of her life. This one is not set up that way. Even though it's called the Simon and Garfunkel story, it's it's not set up to be a complete biography of these two artists. It's a show that revels in the music and the story moves it along. Now there was some there was stuff I didn't know. I didn't know about how they started out in high school as a different kind of band. I didn't, you know, there were a couple songs I had never heard of before. And then but it was it was cool watching you know the video stuff of the Vietnam War and and as things progressed and as Simon and Garfunkel progressed and then as the show goes on and you near the end uh, it it ends basically with the concert in Central Park and so on the screen they're giving a lot of dates and facts and it's almost like a PowerPoint presentation of the last of what happened to each of them after the concert in Central Park. Um, so that was, that was my only thing. I wish I had, I wanted a little, I wanted some dirt. I wanted what really happened. Why did, why did they call it quits? They, they're, well, the, you know, they had kind of gone their own way in the touring and, and all of this had taken its toll. And so they wanted to do other things. It's like, okay, yeah, but I, give me something else. But that, that little piece is not enough to take away from the fact that if you like this music, you are going to love this show. Especially in the Broadway Playhouse, which is a very like 500 seats, and so it's really intimate. Uh, as I said, Taylor Bloom and Ben Cooley harmonized great. They bore enough of a resemblance to Simon and Garfunkel that you were you were like, oh, this is co- this is really cool. The backup band was tight. Overall, it was a great great show, uh, and it is only there through December 8th. So if you if you are a Simon and Garfunkel fan. Go to broadwayinchicago.com. Get your tickets now. Uh, the Simon and Garfunkel story is at the Broadway Playhouse. What am I going to give it, Cody? Three and a half out of four bow ties. Wow. Yes. Because, as I said, I can get past the fact that it wasn't uh, gossip heavy, and I can put that aside, because that, that may have just been me, because you know I love lurid details. So once I once once I came to terms with the fact that I wasn't getting lurid details... Um, it was terrific. So three and a half out of four bow ties. The Simon and Garfunkel story now through December 8th at the Broadway Playhouse. That's at Water Tower Place. 
175 East Chestnut. Go to broadwayinchicago.com and get your tickets ASAP. Oh, would you like that for the Maybe now that you know your wife wants to see it so much, Cody, dig into those deep pockets of yours, take some of that daytime job money, and take your wife to see this for the uh, for the holidays. Yeah, we can talk about that later. All right, we'll talk about that <laughs> later. All right, so let's uh, let's do this, and then I I have another bow tie theater review. Yes, we're jabbing them all in because you know you never know. So we're going to do that after this. It's seven twenty WGN. Okay, uh, Brian Noonan, we're here till seven o'clock. Then uh, Karen Conti is here. Yes, still is that still? Yes. All right, so I guess we'll uh, Karen Conti will be in here at seven o'clock. Oh, it's another bow. T- Can you believe it, Cody? Two bow tie theater reviews in one week. Uh, this was a busy week at the theater. Neither of which I was invited to, oddly. Well, hmm, I don't know. There's changes everywhere. So, I don't know. No, this one, I, to- I told you about this. I told you to talk to the uh, the people out there. About yeah, no, 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 just, you I was doing a, things. One, you don't have a car. How True. Are you, how are you going to get to Aurora? Uh, tra- uh, is there a train? Top. There must be a train. Yeah, I don't know. There's a metro. Anyway... Uh, this one I did put on a bow tie for because it was opening night of Beauty and the Beast, which is part of Paramount's uh, Broadway series. It's their their big holiday season blockbuster, uh, Beauty and the Beast, which uh, has been on Broadway and did uh, did very well. It got like nine Tony Awards when it was on Broadway. It was fantastic. And so now it's here. Beauty and the Beast, of course, based on the... Wonderful, uh, the wonderful uh, animated film from Walt Disney. So uh, that was a Best Picture, nominated for Best Picture when it came out. Beauty and the Beast. You can imagine, Cody. There were a lot of uh, a lot of wonderful things. This is my. This was not my first visit to the Paramount Theater, but it was my first visit since Aurora and the Paramount Theater have had a resurgence. The last time I was there at the Paramount was to see Ray Stevens. You know the guy who did the song The Streak. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I went with another guy. He was recording an interview with Ray Stevens. So this had to be, I'm going to say, 25 to 30 years ago was the last time I was at the Paramount Theater. So a long time. Uh, beautiful. It's, it, while not as ornate as some of the theaters here in the city, it is, it is ornate in its own way. It's all been redone. The seats are all redone. A lot of leg room for us tall gentlemen. Very, very comfortable seats. I'm given. I'm given the the lay of the land first. Beautiful lobby. The grand gallery is there. Very nice theater. If you're if you're out that way, or if you get a chance and you want to see a show, um, ParamountAurora.com is the website. So the theater is gorgeous. And I go in thinking, you know, I've seen now. You remember how excited I was when I saw Aladdin. Aladdin was phenomenal. And I'm going out to Aurora to see Beauty and the Beast, and I'm thinking, all right, it's probably it's probably going to be pretty good. It's not going to be on, you know, on the level of when I saw Aladdin. I was wrong, Cody. That's right, I was wrong. I go in, and uh, the wife and I are there, and all the all the well heeled uh, people from the suburbs were there. Oh, it was uh, quite an event, and <laughs> and then there's me. Um, the We'll start with the staging. The sets were phenomenal. Beautifully designed, intricate, from the village to the interior of the castle. Things moved and changed and went along. So it was visually stunning, the production. Then you get to the actors, because they're really the performance. And while there were a couple that I was like, 
lukewarm to the main characters. The woman who played uh, Beauty, Best Stafford Laird, who played Belle, was phenomenal. Her voice was impeccable. She she looked, this sounds dumb, but she looked kind of like the, the Belle from the cartoon. <laughs> it's not a cartoon, the animated film. Um, Paul Jordan Jansen, who's appeared at the Paramount a number of times, he was the Beast, and the Beast costume was off-putting. It was, it was scary, beastly. His uh, his voice was terrific. He had a very important... Even though he wasn't... He's not a super tall guy. The way his physicality as the Beast was very intimidating to everybody. Uh the two big songs, of course, well, the two big songs in the first act that the place went crazy for was uh, Gaston. Gaston, of course, the villain. The uh, the this guy, I got to tell you, uh, the man, the man who plays Gaston, Emmett O'Hanlon, had the biceps to play Gaston. This guy did the flex, and it was like, "Ho, Zach, your brother, the bodybuilder, would have would have given this guy two thumbs up for the biceps." Wow. So I was like, because, you, you know, a, an animated Gaston is this crazy Herculean monster. And you're like, well, you know, where are they going to get where are they going to get a Herculean real life actor who can sing and dance? They found one because uh, he flexed it up. And I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm not even going to lift a gallon of milk. This guy is this guy's good to go. You, there, you look were, like you want to ask something. I do. Were there a lot of uh, children there? Because I actually saw a, a Beauty and the Beast as stage production at the Rosemont Theater like 20 years ago yeah. with my parents when I was little, and I remember it being outstanding. There were a number of – there were yes, there were uh, a lot of children. Uh, I would imagine there would be more if you went on like, a weekend matinee. This was a Friday night, 8 o'clock performance. So there weren't a lot of little kids. I would say the kids I saw around me, maybe fourth grade and up. Uh, a couple kids dressed as Belle. Very exciting. Aww. No one dressed as the Beast. Um, so the Gaston song, the place went crazy. To the point where we were like, how are they going to follow this? Well, toward the end of Act 1 is Be Our Guest. And I was, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Be Our Guest is going to be the end of Act 1. You can't follow up Be Our Guest. And it started off kind of slowly. And I was like, oh, what's going on? And it kept building. And more cast members kept coming out, and the set kept getting more alive with different, different uh, cast members in different costumes. There, and the the production just built and built and built. And then at the end, be our guy, poof! All this confetti, the streamers, and I was like, "This has got to be the end." So I shot up the aisle to go to the bathroom, only to realize it was not the end of the act. They did it. They <laughs> there was another song. They ended with the Beast singing his solo to end Act One. So I missed about two minutes only because I was like, I was sure. I was, because in my mind, as I'm comparing it, I'm like, okay, Aladdin ended with, uh, you ain't never had a friend like me, the first act. That was the showstopper. Well, it didn't. Beauty and the Beast, sung by Mrs. Potts in the second act, was gorgeous. Everything was phenomenal. It rivaled any show I've seen downtown from performance aspects and production aspects, I'm giving it three and a half out of uh, four bow ties. You must go. Uh, you must go. If you if you have kids and you want to see Beauty and the Beast, this is the place to go. Go to ParamountAurora.com. It runs now through January 19th. It was a wonderful, wonderful production. You will have a lot of fun. All right, let's do this. And then there is more 
It's WGN. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. We're here until 7 o'clock. Then Karen Conti comes in. Uh, all right, since last time we were here, Cody, we, we went, we'll talk about this, uh, this prop day thing that we went to last week very quickly. Let, let's do that because then we have to get in. If we have time, um, you've been insulting me by saying, okay, boomer to me a lot. Uh, yeah. It's bothering me because I'm a very sensitive boomer. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not. This is what I don't get. We'll get to prop day. But this, since I brought this up, if you're a boomer who gets mad when some millennial says to you, okay, boomer, untie your panties for a minute and just relax. Because it's a whole, this is just, you've been hearing this all the time. And I didn't know, actually no one has said it to me, mostly because I try not to sound like a cranky old man when I'm actually, like here I do, because uh, I'm just talking to you, Cody. Um, but when I'm, when I'm actually face-to-face with people, I either, one, don't talk to anybody. Which is the easiest way that nobody can say, well, boy, he's being a, what an old boomer. Okay, boomer. Or I just, you know, I try to be nice. It started on the platform TikTok, which I know is a video thing that I don't understand. I don't understand either. Okay, it sounds thank like, you. It sounds like Vine. Yes, and Vine died. There's no more Vine. Yeah, I don't know what the, it, it's like a five second video platform right. kids are into. And so kids, kids are into that. And uh, quite frankly, a man my age should not, I, sh- I should be aware that TikTok exists, which I am. I know it's a video social media platform, so I get it. I'm not supposed to be on TikTok, right? There's no, I also shouldn't be using Instagram filters to make myself look like a kitty cat. There's certain things, as long as I'm aware that it's out there and I'm, you know, I'm using some of these platforms, which I am, I feel that I'm staying up to date. Which would then negate anyone from saying to me, okay, boomer, which is a way to dismiss you as, instead of saying, shut up, old man, they just say, okay, boomer, which I think sounds nicer, right? Or can it, old lady? You don't want to say that to somebody, but okay, boomer, that's it. So it, it started out on TikTok, then it became a meme, as everything does. Uh, sidebar, can we stop with the two girls and the cat memes? Is that okay? Can we, are, are we done with those? Those were those should have been done like the second day that they were out. Yeah, but they're not. Uh, and I think I've only laughed at one or two. I will say there's there've been one or two funny ones, but now it's now it's played out. So now if you're doing one, you're way behind the time, boomer. So it'd be like if my mom all of a sudden posted one that she came up with of the two girls. And who are the two girls? Do we know? Are those housewives of uh, some county or something? Who who cares? But that's it. All right, so. Then uh, young people who were trying to launch into a gig economy with little job security. You know, it's it's hard to be a, a millennial now. Times have changed. Uh, times have changed for people in you know the end because I'm like I'm not truly I'm I'm not truly a boomer and I'm not Gen X. I'm in there. There's that one or two year period where there, you don't really fall into either group. So I like can high five a boomer, but I can also high five a Gen Xer. I'm right in that bridge. I'm a bridge man. You can high-five really whoever you want, Brian. I could. I could. I'm a man. Yeah, really. What, do I need to be labeled? Not at all. So, you know, this is a way of dismissing. But the point of this is that boomers are getting all upset, that that they're being disrespected by young people. Guess what? Every generation has disrespected the generation before. That's part of the deal. Because the young people always believe they know more than the old people. And the old people get stuck in it. This is how we've always done things. And it's been that way time immemorial. You know, Jesus probably mocked Mary. <laughs> That's probably a bad example. Jesus probably didn't. But everybody who hung out with Jesus 
probably mock their parents. <laughs> You're like, I, I, I can't save you sometimes. Sometimes um, things no, just go. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for you to save me. I just loved your face. Like, you completely, uh, it was a mental... You de- you jumped off the horse. You were like the rodeo cowboy. You you were on for eight seconds and then you were off. You were done. But my point is valid, not the Jesus part. But the other part of the point was valid that young people always did this. So now, you know, if you are a boomer, which means you were born from 1946 to 1964, uh, you just need to relax because this is just manufactured outrage. And quite frankly, in this day and age, we have enough real outrage that we shouldn't need to manufacture outrage to just come up with something to be angry about. Because, quite frankly, if you're somebody in your 60s and you've worked hard your whole life and now you're, you know, you're looking ahead to retirement and you've got things are set up and you, you, know, you had things okay. You worked hard. You went through your hardships uh, just like anybody else. But you're set up. And you're getting mad because some you know, 24-year-old says, okay, boomer. So who have you seen get upset at this that's upsetting you? It's just, it's been all over the news. A lot of news stories. This was a CNN report. They were uh, people were debating CNN's uh, not the real Disney. News. All right, listen. Are we going to get into that now? <laughs> so where, if if we discount every new no, we if we discount every news outlet as not being real news, the rest are real. Did Walt Disney's granddaughter said that people need to relax because mm. she's been hearing it. She's a real Disney princess, <laughs> so she needs to. She needed. She came out to it, uh, but yes. So it just I, again. I don't. I really don't care what millennials say about me, you know, because I said the same thing about other people. So relax. That's all I'm saying. Everybody just relax. We got okay. enough to worry about. Okay, boomer. Oh, thank you, Cody. That's a way to put a bow on that one. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I may be a boomer, but I still know how to have a good time. Last Sunday, we want to thank everybody over at uh, Goose Island, uh, Mike Siegel, the head of R&D, and everybody at uh, Goose Island, because uh, and Dave Plyer, due to their graciousness, you and I got to do something that not a lot of people get to do. We got to go, and I'm not saying this as, hey, aren't we cool? You can figure that out for yourself. But <laughs> we got to go to Prop Day, Proprietor's Day, at Goose Island. Now, if you don't know, Goose Island releases their Bourbon County Stout Series every year on Black Friday. Well... I'm not the kind of guy who's going to stand in line for stuff. I've gone uh, later in the day and picked up what was left. There's people who collect these beers, and it is it is a huge thing. So people will start lining up outside of uh, their favorite liquor stores on Wednesday. I've heard stories of people being out there all through Thanksgiving to get in line so that they can be the first ones, so they can get in and buy their variants. Uh, there's eight Eight different, eight different, six. six? No, eight. You're right. Eight. eight. Yeah, eight. I know. I'm <laughs> okay, millennial. Uh, so there's eight variants. It's a, so Proprietor's Day for fans of Goose Island. You enter a, a lottery, and if you're picked, you get to you get the right to buy a ticket, which lets you into Proprietor's Day. And they have samples all over. You get to you get to seven chips so you can try seven of the different beers there's all different things going on there's food trucks and uh, pe- food places giving out samples and then you have the opportunity to purchase some of the goose islands before they go on sale to the general public and you can buy they they have it i will say they had it streamlined very smooth very smooth you can either buy three bottles 
in a package, or you can add a fourth bottle, um, you know, and it's, you're getting it for retail price, this is the thing, but people, so we're there, and it came time for our group to go buy our bottles. Now, uh, Cody did not partake in this uh, part of Proprietor's Day, but Dave uh, Plyer and I enjoy a nice cigar uh, every once in a while. So we had the uh, Up Down Cigar makes... uh, makes these uh, Bourbon County cigars. And they're aged in Bourbon. I don't know what they do to them. Anyway, Plyer was like, we got to get some of these cigars. So you were offered a cigar, but you chose not to because you're afraid it's a gateway tobacco. What you, why won't you? You asked if it had CBD in it. You uh, And once we said no, you were like, forget it then. Will it get me high? I don't know how to smoke a cigar. What's the... You can't... You're not supposed to inhale That's it. correct. That's the problem. So you... I don't know how to just puff my... like. It, I've tried to smoke cigars. I just can't do it. Right. I haven't practiced enough. All right. Here's the thing. We will have a tutorial. Come over to the deck and we'll have okay. a cigar smoking class. When they legalize weed, do I have to give you a weed smoking class? No, because you know if I ever decide to go full on weed, it's going to be edibles. Oh, I'm okay. going to go nothing but brownies. So then I get back all the weight I ever lost. Plus, because I've now had edibles... I have munchies on top of it. You've clearly never been to Colorado because gummies are where it's at. But I don't like gummies regular. So why would I want to eat gummies laced with uh, hemp? Low calorie. Are they low calorie? Well, probably lower than a brownie. So it's like the white claw of uh, <laughs> of CBD? <laughs> Is that what? So I listen, if I'm going to get high, I still need to watch my girlish figure. So I'll go with the gummies rather than a cookie or a brownie. Just like if I want to be uh, basic and get turnt, I'm going to drink white claw or one of the other hard seltzers. There's tinctures, too. You can drop a couple little eye drops in your drink. I've been to Colorado I know. recently. What did you call those? Tinctures. Tinctures? Tinctures. So I'm- it's like that... Uh, the energy so drops that you can put in your water to make it taste like something, but this is going to add CBD to your... They got those for CBD. They got them for for Do THC. they have for OPP? Um, I'm not sure. They might They might for OG. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, all right, so... <laughs> I'm thinking about I'm thinking about thinking about getting high. How did no, we get that's here? not true. Um, so you and Dave are smoking cigars. So we're smoking cigars, and it's time for us to go and buy our our um, our beer. And as you and I were walking in, we're being harassed by ne'er do wells along the curb. How many are you buying? How many are you buying? How many are you buying? And I think we were both buying the three bottle set, correct? Yes. And the fourth bottle was the uh, was the double barrel aged variant and it was like an extra $55 or something yeah. and I was like eh, a little out a little out of my price range for that event so I was buying the three but when we told people we were buying three they're like we buy the fourth buy the fourth we'll pay for it right here we'll buy, and I was like I'm not getting involved in this oh, uh, that's what that's they what were, they were saying. trying to do they were trying to buy they were trying to get us to buy the fourth and they would have bought, bought the fourth so then they could have an extra bottle which you know they're going to try to sell on the secondary market for a lot more and I didn't want to get involved there cuz that's you know goose's uh, goose's selling beer for then mm-hmm. you know you're buying you're buying this beer you're supposed to enjoy it now they know as well as everybody else that there's people who are going to try to resell them or people who sell them for years and years or whatever but i was not you know i'm not getting involved so we walk in plier and i walk in to the tap room to buy our stuff still smoking our cigars not even thinking that hey this is illinois you're not allowed to smoke indoors anywhere so we, we walk in, and we, we're trying to hide our cigars because, you know, we're pretending we're big shots. We got the cigar out, and the, the, the security guy 
looks at Dave and asks, oh, what kind of cigar is that? Is it good? And then we proceed in. So now I'm standing. Uh, they had everything set up, so it was really quick. I'm standing at the register across from a young woman who's going to ring me up, and some whiner, like two registers down, is like, what's that smell? And I, I was like, ooh. And that he, somebody has a cigar lit in here, and I put it in my mouth so I could, <laughs> so I could sign my receipt. You have to get that out of here right away. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> so we were like, and you were incredulous that we smoked inside. I was you surprised. Could not, you could not believe. You thought that Dave and I had pulled off like uh, the Lufthansa heist. You looked at us like we were true outlaws, scoff laws, men who lived outside the realm of normal society. You were. At that moment, I envisioned both of you wearing, like, leather biker jackets. And... Yeah, we were the sons of anarchy. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't know which one I was, but uh, we, were, we were the sons of anarchy. We were very, very dangerous. So that was it. So uh, that was fun, wasn't it? Were you excited to be there? It was extraordinary. Extraordinary. I love, I love your choice of verbiage. It I, was extraordinary. I have, uh, I've really been turned on to bourbon barrel-aged beers lately. Yes, and... I've seen you've, uh, you've been having a couple. You've been posting wildly, and almost s- like you're intoxicated. Oh man, there's a lot. We can we yeah, we can talk about that so much. We would lot Well, at the breweries we'll be coming back in some form or another. So we will we will be bringing that and if you follow us on uh, at the Brian Nooner show on Facebook, you will know exactly when. Let's do this. Then we'll come back we'll talk uh talk a little pre-Thanksgiving and so much more. WGN. All right, Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Thanksgiving is Thursday. Uh, just a quick programming note. I will be in for Nick uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, or do you call it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning from 1 to 5. So uh, if you are amenable, if you are up, you can listen. If not, you can always listen on the podcast at WGNRadio.com. So there you go, a little programming note. Um, got big plans for Thanksgiving, Cody? Hosting family. Right, now, is this the first time you have hosted the family for Thanksgiving? I think so. It, it's very small, though. Just a couple of my sisters-in-law. Oh. Sister-in-laws. Sisters-in-law. Sister's-in-law. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hosting They're the only them. ones. Your brothers aren't coming? Just your sisters-in-law? No, nah, my brothers are doing their thing. My sister is... She jetted off to Ireland. Um, so she's she's off with her with her boyfriend in Ireland. Yeah, okay. I just... Wait, so there... Are, no, I get that part. <laughs> leaving the country. I'm Listen, I'm all for, I'm all for leaving the country. Why not? Uh, maybe, you know, sooner than we all think. But... <laughs> Your wait, your brothers are doing things so their wives are left on their own for Thanksgiving? No, 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 no. This is my wife's sisters. Oh, I forgot about. I forgot you had a that spouse. side. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So your wife's sisters are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you feeling a lot of pressure? No, no. See, you don't care. That's the thing. I have found that Thanksgiving, and I think a lot of people would agree with me, Thanksgiving dinner is the most tense meal to prepare ever. <laughs> It's horrifying because everybody comes into Thanksgiving dinner with their own preconceived notions and their own favorites. And they grew up, you know, you grew up eating stuffing that always tasted this way because your mom or your grandma or your aunt or wherever you went for Thanksgiving, it always tasted this way. So people, and maybe this is just my family because they're very judgmental and mean, that if it doesn't measure up to that, you're going to hear about it. So the first time I ever cooked Thanksgiving dinner was when we moved to California. And so we got there on Halloween, so Thanksgiving was right around the corner. I'm like, oh, no, now I have to make Thanksgiving dinner. Now, it was just for Debbie, Molly, myself, and then another couple that I knew out there who were, who couldn't have cared less how it tasted. They were just happy to have somewhere to go. But I I was freaking out the whole time. 
oh my God, it's going to, I have to have it taste exactly right. I have to do everything precise. And if you're cooking this week, you know, there's certain things, maybe, maybe you're smart and you farm those out and you go, well, uh, Barb, you really, you really know how to make the fill in the blank here, the marshmallow salad or whatever it is you eat. Cause every family's got different unique things that they eat for Thanksgiving. As I found out when I was at Jewel today, the worst day to go shopping is always Sunday, but then the Sunday before Thanksgiving, it's insanity. Because everybody's got lists that look like they're the town crier in some sort of revolutionary tale. They're unrolling scrolls, and they've got a million things on there, and they're freaking out. Oh, my God, they're out of the Hawaiian dinner rolls. What are we going to do? There's no crescent rolls. This is insanity. People were going nuts. and then, So then they just stop. They just freeze with their big cart in the middle of the little aisle, and you're like, uh, excuse me? Excuse me? <laughs> they don't know what to do. And some of them are leaning over the cart all fatigued. They can't believe they've been shopping for an hour and a half trying to get things. But you know that you've got you've to deliver with this. You've got to deliver on these certain things. That's why I'm, I'm not surprised. What are you going to do? You're just going to run over to the 7-Eleven and uh, get a couple of those hot dogs out, off the rotisserie? I mean, they're quarter-pound big bites. That's yeah. I can get them for free with my seven rewards points. You could be, th- and then you'll be thankful for that. Mm-hmm. See, so it it does do the whole thing. Are you going traditional or are you going uh, avant garde? I'm going with whatever is on the extensive shopping list that is sitting on our kitchen counter that my wife has put together while intermittently asking me questions like, "What do you think about this? What do you think about this?" Who's doing the cooking? You or the lovely well, uh, Mrs. Cody? Goff. Both of us. But you know, my response as a guy who eats anything is, "Yeah, that right. sounds delicious. Let's do that." Yeah. So presumably good stuff. We're 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 uh, waffling between pumpkin pie and Ooh. pumpkin cheesecake. Ooh, both good choices. I, solid. I don't need the cheese. I'm oh. fine with the pie. Just give me the okay. pie. Pumpkin pie is nice. All I need is pumpkin. Like What's nice. your pie? Uh, I'm a pecan pie guy. Mm. If I have if I have my druthers, we go pecan. Now I don't know what will be served. We're going to my brother's house uh, after him being out. He was out of the country last year, and he likes to host Thanksgiving. So last year we were left to our own devices. And we went to a restaurant with uh, my one brother and my nieces and my mom. Uh, so we went to a restaurant. This year we're back at my brother's. And uh, we always, I always say the same thing. What can I bring? And he always says the same thing. Nothing. And I say that's perfect because that's what I wanted to bring anyway. So I don't know what, what kind of desserts we're having. We've had, I know Debbie, well, I'm not going to say. Debbie ordered something that we're taking. Um, we'll go somewhere. But this year I am making the White Castle stuffing for the house. Because Molly has to, Molly's coming home from New York on Tuesday, and she always has to have leftovers. So I'm cooking a turkey breast on Wednesday so that she and Debbie can make, they have a, a specific recipe for sandwiches. So I'm cooking the turkey breast, and then I was like, I've always wanted to try this White Castle stuffing, so I'm making White Castle stuffing to go with the turkey breast. Yeah, so who knows? And then we're going to eat uh, Thanksgiving. So it should, be, it should be loads of fun. Loads of fun. I, I've, I'm actually like debating whether we even need. Well, I mean, we need pie for our guests, but yes. like for me lately, my thing has been if I want something real desserty, I just you're gonna I, get a big stout. I have a big stout. Have it. Oh, maybe you have a nice wheat wine or a. Oh, you got a bottle of proprietors. Bring I it am, open. I am saving those for a special occasion. Yes. <laughs> I, I got to say, the proprietor's blend of the Bourbon County Stout this year is one of the best beers I've ever had. Really? In my life. It's very, it's, it's very. It good. is extraordinary. I, and and uh, since I'll be in town on Black Friday, 
I'm thinking about camping out Getting somewhere. Out. I might, mm-hmm. uh, if you're doing it, I'll talk to you. We'll, all right. We'll work things out. Uh, somebody voting for chocolate meringue pie from the 815. Ooh, That's all it. right. Chocolate meringue is nice. I, quite frankly, there's not too many pies I'm going to turn up my nose at. I go, nope, not going to have it. Not at all. All right, so let's do this. Then we'll come back. We'll uh, wrap it up. Can you believe it's almost over? Well, thanks for listening and being part of the program. Uh, a reminder, I will be in for Nick Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday morning, however you look at that. We'll be uh, doing all kinds of fun stuff, so hopefully you can join us then. Karen Conti will be coming up in about a minute. Cody, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Good luck with the menu. I hope uh, hope everything turns out all right. Thanks, you too. You know, hot dogs. and uh, Just model your Thanksgiving after a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Have some popcorn, maybe some pretzels. Uh, on a folding table, wear a pilgrim's hat. It's going to be terrific. You know, we actually decorated for Christmas yesterday. I know early. Really? We, With the up top? Yeah. It's very early. We never do it before Thanksgiving, but we have company coming, so right. we want it up. And uh, every year when I decorate, even when I lived alone, I would just pop on the, the soundtrack, there you go. Charlie, Charlie Brown, Brown Christmas. Christmas. It's the best. See, and we have Thanksgiving decorations, so I have the house decorated oh, for Thanksgiving because nice. I don't like to rush the holidays. Roger, we have not had a chance to talk. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Good to see you. you don't too. start talking because you're going to talk over the, over the clock. Uh, I know how you are. <laughs> you know I love you. I, I do. Talk I will talk to you very soon. Thanks again. Karen Conti on the other side of the news right here at WGN.